and welcome to another episode of the Laptop Empires podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. And today we're going to talk about display advertising on your blog. And yay, (laughs) yay money, yay, kind of passive, right? This is like one of the more passive income types on your blog, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, technically. I mean, you got to write content, but after you do that, it's like, yeah, pretty chill. So this is going to be an interesting topic because straight up, I don't have a damn clue about how (laughs) display advertising works. Um, And I think there's a couple of episodes that we're going to start doing where that are going to be in this format where it's one of us is kind of like the subject matter expert and the other of us is going to play the ignorant question asker. And in this episode, it's definitely me. And what's great about it is I don't, I don't have to pretend to be the ignorant question asker because I really don't know at all. Anything about display advertising. So when we switch, it's going to be, we're going to be asking, it's like uh, kids, right? Like how to have kids or something like that. Well, Bobby, I don't know. (laughs) A lot of our episodes have the explicit tag, but I don't (laughs) know if we might get our podcast shut down. If I go into explaining, you know, the technical, you know, aspects of how to have children. Yeah, I imagine I that you and Coral have probably figured that out by now, but no. Well, clearly not. not. We don't have that. kids. I mean, we're not doing it right. <laughs> okay. So no, that we're not going to talk. Turn. We are not going to talk about that on the podcast. Um, okay, fine. <laughs> no, I think you were meaning more like having kids in business, maybe. I was trying to make like a, yeah, I was trying to make a joke and then it just went okay. veered off, like just totally went off the rails. So One of those moments where you're saying something jokingly and i didn't realize see like that's what's 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 bad i thought you were actually saying to me like talking about like kids with business (laughs) i didn't realize you were making that joke and so then i was basically making the joke that you were making this is really this is a fun way to start the podcast (laughs) hopefully you guys got a kick out of that uh so ridiculous okay so we're going to talk about display advertising and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you questions and I'm just going to guide the conversation. I'm sure that something will trigger something and I'll yammer on and, and give my two cents. Um, right. You know, um, I, I can foresee something talking about like optimizing pages and things like that. But for the most part, I'm going to let you talk and then ask mm-hmm. questions. And my goal here is that as we're talking about this subject, that hopefully I ask the questions that our listeners or new bloggers would answer because... I would be a new blogger, right? Okay, so let's dive into it and talk about display advertising. And I want to start with the thing that everybody really wants to know. Not how to have children, but what does what can income from display advertising look like? Like is this is it a good 
is it a potentially like really good income source? Is it more of a minor income source compared to other things? Like where, where would this range fall? And then I guess the follow-up would be at what point in your blogging career, is there a certain amount of traffic before you'll start to really see income come from display advertising? Yeah. It, okay. So first question, it can be great. I mean, I have friends that most of their business is built on display ads and they do, they have pretty large blogs and they do about $10,000 a month and just display, you know, display ads. And then uh, they do affiliate income stuff on top of that, but you can make a full time, you know, you can make six figures a year from ads, but you do have to have quite a bit of traffic to make that happen. Um, okay. And typically you see that from like, the one that comes to mind, and I'm not sure if he exactly does 10,000 a month. I've heard through the grapevine that he does, uh, does about this financial samurai, Sam mm -hmm. from financial samurai. And he's been around for years and, uh, he, he ranks on a bunch of really good keywords and he just gets a lot of traffic, high volume. And that's one of the ways that he makes a lot of money. So it absolutely can be. And then for like, for me, I've had stretches where I was doing about three to $4,000 a month, probably at the, the end of last year or mid, mid last year to the end of last year, I was doing about three or $4,000 a month in ad revenue, which is great. And it's, you know, fairly passive. It's less now because I've turned a lot of ads off and we can talk about that. So to answer your question, first one, yes, you can definitely make good money with ads for a new blogger. It's, it's hard and it's, I don't think it's worth it. I'll just straight up say this. I, if you are a blogger with less than 30,000 views per month, I don't think it's worth it to have ads on your site at all. Okay. The reality is people don't like them. I feel like people fight through ads on sites that they really like because they really enjoy the websites. They like the content mm -hmm. and there's trust built up there and like they want to see what you're writing. But if you're a brand new blogger and you don't have a really, you don't have like a, a strong following yet, or you're just putting content out into the world, like you have to think, do, would you go to some brand new website from some from a blogger that isn't very far along, like you can tell they're not very far along and then like have to fight through all these ads to look at the content. Right. Probably not, you know? So I think that, you know, once you get past 30,000 page views a month, and that's just kind of an arbitrary number I'm pulling up, but just from my experience, that's what I've seen. I think then you can start to monetize with ads and it's great because it, it helps if you're running paid traffic, it helps mitigate your expenses. If you, aren't running paid traffic and you have search engine traffic, you can take that revenue and put it into other areas of your business mm -hmm. uh, and start paying for different things. So it can be great, but you have to be really careful with it too. And then once you get over a hundred thousand views a month, you can make some really good money with ads. You can make a thousand, 1500 per month in ad revenue. Okay. And we're going to get into, I, I do want to talk about some thresholds and ad providers and stuff. But first, like when you're talking about my next question was going to be, should you, as a beginner, be using ads at all. And I want to talk a little bit about that, even though you touched on it. Because I mean, it's clear you don't think so. But yeah. I think for me as a consumer of blogs, when you're talking about like a lot of people don't like blogs, I think that there's actually a balance here. I think that there's times when blogs have zero effect on your consumption or you know bothering you, at least for me. And then there's times, yeah, and there's a time when they're very frustrating. Right. And so I think one of the big tests is go look at your blog on mobile. And if you have all of these pop-ups and ads and different things, and it makes it so like you're only seeing like half your screen and it and it's really, if it creates a bad experience on mobile, then it's really bad and you need to change it. And a very large traffic uh, amount of traffic is on mobile. I know at least in like paid advertising, it's 
definitely over 75% and heading toward 90% of traffic on mobile. So yeah. mobile is the mobile version of your site is honestly more important than the desktop version of your site right now. And so if between your title bar or menu bar or whatever, and the display ads and any pop-ups you have, if it starts to get too crammed or you can't read the content, you're immediately going to bounce that traffic. So I think that would be kind of something to look at. But if it's tasteful, you know, I looked at a, something on yours the other day and there was an ad, but it was like a single ad. Mm-hmm. And it was not, I mean, this isn't just me being biased toward you, but it had zero effect right? The only reason I even noticed it is because you had told me that you'd turned ads back on and I was looking for it. But it would have been like just this little tiny one in the bottom and I wouldn't have cared at all. So I think that's, you really have to look at that user experience part. And at least that's for me as somebody who looks at things online, that's the judgment for me. The quickest way for you to lose me is a crammed mobile screen. Yeah. Well, and those are all good points. I mean, 90% of my traffic is mobile at this point and Google just, I think it was like last month, they just switched over to uh, using your mobile pages to rank instead of the desktop version. So like everybody got an, an, uh, an email from Google that basically, you know, told you that if you're on uh, Google analytics. So it's extremely important. And I think that's one of the things too, this is a little bit off topic, but if you're a new blogger and you're like really thinking about your design or like if you're a blogger and you're like, going to the next step and you're paying for a web developer to, to mm-hmm. create your site, don't even worry about the desktop version. Cause everybody's like, they want that to look cool. Cause that's what we're all looking at on our laptops, but nobody's really, you know, 10% of your audience is look, looking at that. So focus on the mobile. Well, and you have to remember too, as a business owner, we are on our laptops more than most people. Yeah. Right. Like, cause think about this, a rate you know, regular person, even if they sit at their computer all day at work, they're not on Facebook or on blogs on their work computer. They're sneaking it under the desk on their mobile phone. That's when they're looking at it or they're looking at it on their lunch break on their mobile phone. I'm mostly a desktop consumer. I don't actually use my phone for much stuff, but that's because I'm on my computer all the time. But because I work on my computer. I have a business built on my laptop. So we're the exception, right? Yeah. We're the dinosaurs. So it's really important to keep that in mind. Um, um, and I do want to just, you touched on the footer ad and we can talk about different ads and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is, that is a conscious decision that I made right now. The only ads that are on the site for almost every page, um, there are no in content ads. Like there's nothing when you scroll through a blog post, there's nothing there. It's just a very slim footer ad at the bottom that you can X out of. And honestly, I'm very comfortable with that because it doesn't really affect the user experience on mobile very much. Nobody's complained about it. And it generates more revenue than a lot of the in-content ads do. And so it was like, interesting. yeah. And we can, we can get into that because I've pulled up some of my old emails. Like I'll be honest with, with everybody. I don't really know like the technical details of how the ad stuff works because I, uh, just like a lot of bloggers, I use a service called ad thrive and they handle all of like the technical stuff for me as far as like ad placements and, you know, just all, all of how it works. It goes through them. They take a small cut of my ad revenue, but they, they manage it for me, but they've emailed me before and told me like how the RPMs work and how how the bidding works for advertisers. And it's really complex. It's actually, it's like somebody sent me like pages of information on this. And I was like, okay, I don't want to mess with that. That's why I use, Mm -hmm. but I don't even know where I was going with that, but that's just, you know, I use that because it makes my life a little bit easier. And I suggest using something like that instead of trying to do your own Google display ads or something like that. Right. So we'll dive into that in a little bit, because that's one of my questions. 
Okay, so before we get into those different options, let's let's just finish this. Like, I'm a beginner. Display ads, not display ads. That is the question, right? <laughs> the right. I shouldn't laugh at my own jokes. Um, that was a really, really bad. This it's I have like the the onset dad joke syndrome starting to appear in my life now that I have a three year old. It's really bad. It just creeps up on you. <laughs> I don't think you can avoid it. <laughs> so. So you're starting out, I've heard you say before that you felt like it was better early on not to have the ads and to just focus on your content to really just build that audience and make it the best experience possible in the early days and then to start bringing those in once the traffic is there. So is it more that you don't think it should be there because the income's not going to be there, so it's kind of pointless, so why have it anyway? Or is it just a function of like, get the best user experience possible when you're starting out? Well, it's both because, I mean, when I tell my story about how I left my job after making $3, that is true. I had, I had made $3 in Google ad revenue, but it took six months. <laughs> like I've been running Millennial Money Man for six months before I left uh, left my teaching job. And there, I mean, the, the money's just not there if you don't have high traffic or even reasonable traffic, especially mm-hmm. with Google ads. So it's just not worth it from that, from the, from the revenue perspective. And I do think that you should just focus on having really great content, a great user experience. Nobody really likes ads. You know, we can, you know, ads are just one of those things that we put on the site to monetize it. And it does diminish the, the quality of the, the reader experience, but it's just a matter of how much does it diminish it and does mm-hmm. it diminish it enough for people to still stay on your page. And so when you're new, like that's not, you know, that shouldn't be your focus. You're not going to make a, you're not going to make a killing on ads. Your focus should be more like affiliate revenue and maybe sponsored stuff, you know, like a sponsor. Right. Um, my first $300 that I made for millennial money man was through a, essentially a sponsorship. Somebody put a widget on my site for, and I asked for 300 bucks up front to do it. Yeah. So that is where you're going to make your fastest money and learning how to sell affiliate products. That's going to be your best bet. And if you want to know, like we're talking about display advertising today, but if you're just starting out and you want to know, how do I start making revenue? What are my best options for making it revenue quickly on your blog? You need to go listen to episode 36. It's called how to make your first thousand dollars blogging. And we actually talk about the core four or five ways to make money on a blog. And then we rank them in like priority and what you should do. And so this whole topic of display advertising courses, affiliate marketing, you know, sponsorships, that kind of stuff, we spend the whole episode on that. So go check out episode 36, like right now. (laughs) Yeah. So the next thing that I want to know is with the ads, can you, do you have any control over like what ads are displaying? Because I've noticed on blogs before that sometimes the ads are incredibly irrelevant. And so they're either, they're either not related. I, I feel like I've seen ads before that are like, like in Facebook marketing, there's the audience network, which is essentially placing Facebook ads inside of other platforms like blogs and stuff like that. And so you'll see the retargeting. So if you're ever on a blog and then you start to see like whatever it was that you were looking at on Amazon start showing up on a random website, that's usually remarketing or retargeting through Google or Facebook where they've pixeled you and what you were looking at and now they're hitting you with it. But sometimes, and then sometimes I'll look at ads and it'll be like, oh, I'm on a personal finance blog and this is about refinancing student loans. It makes sense. 
But then sometimes I'll be on a personal finance blog and it'll be something like, buy this perfume. I'm like, okay, I'm a dude. This has nothing to do with personal finance. I'm not going to buy perfume. Like this is not relevant. And so I've always wondered that. I figured it would be you would choose the topic or it would be like a space for relevant remarketing, but I really don't know. So how does that, can you explain how that works a little bit? Yeah. So when you get into one of these like Mediavine or AdThrive, you can select to ban certain types of ads on your site. You don't really necessarily get to choose what's on your site because some of it's based on browser history and like retargeting stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But like if you don't want loan products on your site, which is one that I've I've battled with, not battled with AdDrive, but like I've battled that because it's a personal finance website. So a lot of people will like in the early days, they would send me a screenshot of some blog post where I was writing about how debt is like bad. And then there's like a personal loan ad on the site, like right embedded in the content, right. That's saying how bad it is. So that was something that I had to deal with. And, and you just go in and you tell your ad partner, whoever you're using, like, Hey, this is the issue. How can we block these? And sometimes they can do it. Sometimes they can't, but they, they do their best to kind of block certain ad groups. Another one I had problems with was cars. Like I write a lot of stuff about how if you're in a lot of debt, I don't think you should buy a brand new car. And that was something where it was like, there would be a a car advertisement in the middle of the the don't buy a brand new car thing. And I would get screenshots from readers and they'd be like, they don't understand how it works. They don't understand that it's maybe based on their browser history or just- And they think you're putting it there. And they think I I selected and they're like, why is this here? You're an idiot. You know, and it's like, oh God, that's not like, I don't Mm -hmm. have any control over that. So you have- limited control, but you can work with your ad partner and get most of that taken care of. I haven't had that issue too, too much in probably the last year, I'd say. Okay. That makes sense. So it sounds like you really do need to spend, like you're, you're spending a lot of time working with your ad partner to have them set it up. So, which transitions well into kind of one of the big items that I wanted to talk about, which is these ad partners. And I know that you've recently, you're testing another one. And I just kind of want to like make a disclaimer here, you know, attorney and me make a disclaimer. What we're about to talk about is not you endorsing one option over another. You're experimenting. So you're switching from one option we're going to talk about to another one, but that's not to say that that option is better it's, you'll talk, you know, you had a good experience with a rep and you wanted to test something different. So you're, you might switch back. Like you're going to, so that's the disclaimer is like, we're not advocating for one or the other here. But the other piece that I want to touch on is we've talked about, or you, you know, we've talked about with Facebook ads for bloggers, how running paid traffic, which is going to help you increase your traffic, grow your audience more quickly, grow your revenue more quickly. But one of the things that it's really helped you with in your journey is to go from certain traffic milestones to new milestones to go from zero to 10,000 to 40,000 to 100,000 to 200,000 and how these different ad platforms have different thresholds for being able to use them. So let's start with this conversation of what the options are and, you know, work in there kind of like these thresholds, because I think it's interesting how it seems like people move from one platform to the next and keep upgrading almost. But I also want to hear your personal, what you're going through right now. So I use AdThrive right now and it's a great program. Kind of like to, you know, to add to your disclaimer, I'm not saying anything bad about AdThrive. They're great. Um, They've been great. I've made a lot of money with them, but I do want to test the waters with another one called Mediavine. 
when I first started blogging, AdThrive was like the big, the big one, right? The threshold to get in was a hundred thousand views a month and you have to apply. Like this is something you have to apply for. They review your site, they look it over and then you may or may not get accepted into the program depending on you know a lot of factors. But the big one is a hundred thousand views. And so I got into that probably about two years ago at this point. But I've been noticing that Mediavine, which was at the time a smaller one, and it was like the threshold was 25,000 sessions, um, which is different than a page view, but like 25,000 sessions on your site to get into that one. And it didn't look like it paid as well when I started with AdThrive. But now I'm looking at other bloggers that I know and I'm talking to them and the RPMs, the, the revenue per thousand that you're getting with Mediavine is way bigger than what I'm getting with AdThrive. And so I just want to test it out. I want to see, I want to jump over there and see, you know, how well that works. Um, I've already been approved into that program. We're going to transition on December 20th and uh, they handle, they're going to handle everything, you know? And so that was, it's, it's been an interesting transition. You know, I didn't have a problem with AdThrive at all. It's, it's literally just a, a monetary decision. And they're, the other thing that made me decide like, okay, I want to go try out Mediavine is that, there was a little bit more customization of the ads from like, I will have the ability to customize the ads on my site a little bit easier. Ad Thrive, you, you can do, you basically have to email them and have some back and forth on like, Hey, I think the ads, I think there's too many. Can we space them out a little bit? Can we do less? Can we do the footer ad? Can we take that off? Uh, whereas with Mediavine, you can kind of go in and just click a couple of buttons. You know, you can still talk to your rep, but you can kind of click a couple buttons and, and do faster experimentation, I feel. So that's that's pretty much it, you know, and, and that's with AdThrive and I think with Mediavine too, you have to basically give them 30 days notice because you're in a contract with them. And so right. I told AdThrive like, hey, I'm ending my contract with you guys. I think I'm gonna go in a different direction. And they were just like, okay, cool, that's fine. Let us know how we can help you make more money in the meantime, you know, before the contract runs out. And that's why we started running the footer ad on the site um, mm-hmm. just to, just to see what happened. And that's what I'm seeing from that is like, it's pretty good. Uh, the mm-hmm. RPMs are pretty good with that. So I'm probably going to start with just that footer ad on Mediavine. And we might start with some other stuff too and experiment and, and see what's the right, right mix. But that's pretty much, you know, that's my thesis statement on. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so I want to talk about this footer ad again in a second and ask another question. But first I remember like way back, we were talking about you and I were talking about this and I don't know if it was in a course or in, in another podcast, but there were, I thought there were like three levels. It was like when you're starting out, you'd recommended like, don't do anything. And then there was this one and then there was Mediavine and there was ad thrive. And you kind of like went up through these gates of permission to use different things. What was that kind of entry point one? Can we talk about that one a little bit since we've already talked about Mediavine and ad thrive? Sure. Yeah. It's a uh, Google AdSense. The reason it's it's um, kind of like the the starting point for a lot of bloggers is because there are no traffic thresholds. You can have a thousand views per month and use it, and you basically copy a line of code. You 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 log into AdSense. You copy. They give you a couple different options of like format ads, like you know this size, this size banner ads, whatever, and you just copy a line of the code, put it into your website. And they find relevant ads based on your content and show it, serve it to readers. It doesn't pay a lot of money. You know, it's, it's really like, I don't know any of my professional blogging friends that use that. Some of them use the next step up from that would be, uh, it's called, I think, double click ad exchange or something like that. But it's basically another Google product 
that yeah. is, it pays out better. Like it's got bigger ad buys because the way all these things work is like, you know, for Mediavine, they take all of the people that are on Mediavine and they basically use them as a bargaining chip when they go to advertisers and say, Hey, here are our people that we have. Here's all of our bloggers. Here's the kind of reach that they have pay us more money for ads. And the, and they, you know, they use that to negotiate. So that's the starting point. And it's not, I honestly, I, if I could go back and do it again, I'd probably just skip the Google AdSense part of it because there's just mm-hmm. not, I mean, it's just not worth it unless you just want to, like you really want to do it <laughs> yeah, and you, and you right. can, but I've found that it's, it's easier to go with one of these like kind of done for you services. Well, so this is interesting. You're saying like, just skip it. And I think the natural next question, if it's, if, if I'm a blogger and I'm, I, I think maybe they wouldn't think of this, but I'm thinking of it as a digital marketer. What do you do then? What should you be doing with your content? If you're not doing display advertising in the early days mm-hmm. and my answer, and this is something I work with bloggers on all the time, is you should be focusing on lead gen and you should be focusing on growing that email list. In episode 48, we talk about the most common regret of professional bloggers and, and really it's freelancers too. And it's growing your list. Should have started earlier. You know, I should start growing my email list. So I think in the early days when you're creating that content, what you should be doing instead of the display advertising is using that space, using that sidebar in the newsfeed, the call to action at the end of the article, what you should really be doing is trying to get people to join your email list. So create content upgrades, right? Create, we call them lead magnets or content upgrades, but like if the article is about one thing and it's like, if you'd like to know more about this, here's our five-step guide. Or if you are wanting to do this, here's our checklist so you know exactly what steps to take and just having that thing where they can enter their email and then they're on your list and you start growing that because that email list eventually is going to make you way more money for your business than the display advertising ever will so like focus on that early on because every email subscriber counts Right. right and so yeah the display advertising if your first six months, you're going to make $3, right? And maybe in the first year, you're only going to make a hundred, but maybe in the first year you get a thousand email subscribers. That's not anything, you know, that, that, that's not negligible, right? right? Every, every 10 email subscribers are incredibly valuable when it comes to buyers down the road for affiliate products, for courses, for whatever, right? Or even just driving traffic to like a sponsored post or something like that. So that's where I would focus. And I I guess maybe that's that's my contribution to this episode. (laughs) No, I I agree though. And I just, I think you should, it's so hard for for bloggers because they want to make money quickly. And I remember being in that mode too, Mm -hmm. but it just, it's just not a quick business. Like once you, Mm -hmm. once you get it to the point where you are making money, man, you can scale it and it's so flexible and there's so many, it's a great business. It's an awesome mm-hmm. thing to make money. But the first, you know, first three, six months are hard if you're focusing on like trying to get really quick wins. But if you're getting people onto your email list, like you got to remember, you can always sell, you can always sell to them like that. You can mm-hmm. sell affiliate products. You can sell your own products. And it's just, there's, that's going to be the better option for you in the long run. For me now with ad revenue, because I have gone through this kind of like, I was making great money with ad uh, with ads, and then we kind of like optimized a bunch of my top performing pages to go to Facebook Side Hustle. 
So the ad revenue dropped and I was like, eh, it's not worth having anymore. But then as the years gone on, I'm like, man, you know, you start to hire people and you start to like, you know, pay for different services on the side, web design, mm-hmm. do all this different stuff. And you're like, you know what? That ad revenue can cover expenses. It can mitigate those costs. And it's like, so then you start playing that game of like, okay, well, how much, how many ads do I want to have on the site? What's worth it? But to me, you know, if I can get it back up to just a couple thousand dollars a month, okay, cool. That covers, you know, if I, ha- if I hire an SEO firm on retainer, it's like, okay, cool. That'll cover that. And right. It's just, you know, you use parts of your business to like cover other parts of your business. And that's kind of where I'm at with it now. And a lot of my, my other blogging friends that, that sell courses and do things like we do, that's kind of what they're doing too. You know, they might make mm-hmm. a couple thousand dollars a month on ads. It's not, you know, like compared to some of their take home numbers from the other stuff, it's not very much, but over the course of the year, let's say I'm doing 3000 a month, like it's $36,000 a year just from right. your site, you know? And that, and I think right. it'd be for me, I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, I, I shouldn't be leaving that money on the table if I can do it in a tasteful way. And that's, that's the balance that I'm at least going through with ads. Now, some people load up their sites with tons of ads uh, and they just don't care. They're just trying to get the ad revenue, which is fine. That means it's just a different business model. Um, mm-hmm. And you can make great money that way. My post, my, my site used to have way too many ads on it, but I was making, you know, $4,000 a month from it early on before we had the courses and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, this is really good. <laughs> you know, but then I started to see complaints from readers and I was like, okay, maybe I need to, maybe I need to tone this down. Cause that, at the end of the day, that's what it really like. Is it a bad experience for the readers? And if the answer is yes, and you're being honest with yourself when you look at your website, then you need to tone it back. 100%. And this is a great transition to my last question for you, which is you told me when you turned the ads back on, you had one ad per article, the footer ad, that was the only thing. Mm-hmm. And I know, cause I look at your income reports. <laughs> I know that for just the partial month that you had that ad back, you made a pretty good amount of money. Yeah. Like I, I think it was something like, for a non-full month when you first turn it back on. So that's good. So my question to you is why not two ads per article? Because I imagine that you could easily add a second ad, maybe push that to a thousand to $1,500 in additional revenue, which is great, Mm -hmm. but without it really taking away from the experience too much because it's only two. Right. Like, yeah, so well, that's, that's part of why, like with Mediavine, you can do one of the things that, well, one, the rep kind of hooked me because she was so like the amount of knowledge she threw at me. They're really good. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, they're hungry. Like they're, they're, you know, they're not necessarily like the new kids on the block or anything like that, but I was like, they're really hustling on the customer, you know, service side of things. Isn't it amazing as a sidebar, how much a great customer service experience oh. Yeah. can totally sell you on something, can totally change you on something. You, We've learned this too. If you provide a good customer experience, especially with prospects, you answer all their questions diligently, you actually try to help them, whatever, you are going to either create a customer or you're going to create a long-term customer. You know, if yeah. you have somebody that's like in a, say like a membership or recurring model, but I, I know just from my experience, the agency, the helping somebody in a community before they've hired me or helping somebody in my inbox has often done the bulk of the selling for me so that when we do get to that conversation of them hiring me, they're already like, this dude already crushed it. 
right. when he didn't have to, when, when it was free and he was just giving up his time, it's going to be good when he, when I hire him. So yeah. it, it is, it is amazing. Like just as a sidebar lesson, like you're thinking about media vine because of a great experience with a rep. Right. Well, and I'll just, yeah, shout out to, to Heather. <laughs> nice. Uh, helpful, but I, here's how this process works. Um, just if, if anybody's wondering the way that they sell you on this is that they'll, you take your Google analytics information, you basically create a PDF based on, you can go into Google analytics and create a PDF of your, like the last 30 days or whatever. And you send it over to them um, and they just review it and then they'll go through your site. And uh, this is where they kind of got me because they went through my site and they were like, here's what you're running currently on your site. Here's why we don't think that's effective. Here's what we would do instead. And these are the options that you have. Here's how much revenue it's generating for people with the site that have roughly the same amount of readers as you. And we're going to help you customize this and get it tweaked exactly the way you want. I was like, okay, that all sounds good. <laughs> you know, like that's what I wanted to do because it was like, we can have this footer ad, but that we can also place another ad here. That's going to be not very intrusive. And then you can toggle it. You can go into your own dashboard and you can toggle, like you want to add another one. Cool. You can add another one. It's just a button click. And I was like, okay, that's, I need to move a little bit faster on this stuff than kind of like going back and forth with somebody. So that's mm -hmm. what I want to do. That was how that worked. And so, yeah, I, I'm excited about, even if it generates, even if it's like $150 a day in ad revenue, like that's awesome. Like I'd take that in, in a heartbeat if it's not intrusive to the reader. Cause that's $150 a day. That's great money. Mm -hmm. um, that adds up. Like I said, that commit, you know, I can, I can bring on an SEO firm on retainer, which I mean, I could do anyways, but it's nicer if something else reimburses me for it or increase ad spend or whatever, you know, it just gives you more options. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at with it, but you're right. The customer service thing, just having somebody like go the extra step ad thrive did the same thing when I signed on with them too. Like, it's not like this, you know, they play, they probably play this game back and forth with each other all the time where they're like critiquing each other's mm -hmm. stuff and grabbing other customers and everything. But that helps a lot when you have somebody that like is excited about it and invested in it and talks to you through an email, you know? So I was like, man, this, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go for it. You know? Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm excited about, about this. And, and this was a fun episode for me. I'm like a compulsive studier. I've told you this, but our audience <laughs> yeah. might not know this. Like I, if I could be in school forever, I would, because I, I really enjoy, I'm a weirdo that enjoys studying. I enjoy learning new things. And so it's fun to have, we have conversations like this all the time and are teaching each other all the time, but like it's fun and it's usually the quick and dirty version, right? Cause we've right. got shit to do. <laughs> so it's cool in a podcast to be able to sit here and Jen, you mean this whole episode was me asking you the questions I wanted to know in a format that hopefully is going to answer the questions that our audience wants to know. So everybody, we hope you enjoyed this episode about display advertising. We're going to do a whole nother episode. I literally added it to our editorial production schedule, whatever you want to call it while we were talking, but we're going to do an entire episode on talking about different display placement options and how, like why you would choose certain things and why, like you mentioned, sometimes the in-feed ones don't aren't as effective, whereas this yeah. footer one's very effective and talking about why that is. And then sharing some of the stuff that we've learned about your own creating your own versions of ads and doing lead gen and calls to action and how to put that in there, but specifically how we've created what look like kind of like display ads, but yeah. for our own products and use that to drive sales. And that's 
great because if it's your own product, you're going to make more money than the display ad. So you can leverage that same kind of information. So I think that'll be a really fun episode, one that I'll be able to contribute a little bit more to. Um, It should be a lot of fun. So once again, as always, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends about the podcast. Shoot us an email, team at laptopempires.com with your suggestions for episodes because at the end of the day, we want this podcast to be useful for you and we want to teach you the things that you want to know not just the things we want to talk about. Please subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any of the other podcast platforms that I don't know the name of. I should probably look that up one day for this little spiel at the end. But here we are, haven't done that. And that's it. You guys have a great day. We'll see you next episode. You've been listening to the Laptop Empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt. For more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast. 